When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. Follow Cobra Golf on Insta at Cobra Puma Golf AU and you could win a King 3D printed putter. Mornings on SEN. Let's get back to the world game. Extraordinary World Cup final this morning and all the dramas that happened in the A-League, particularly at Amy Park on the weekend. Andy Harper from Channel 10 Paramount Plus. Football commentator has been good enough to join us again this morning. Morning, Andy. Hello, Jules. How are you? I'm very well. Let's start with the positive. It's Christmas week and we want to be positive. Uh, did we see the greatest World Cup final we've seen this morning? Jeez, it's a good argument for it. It was uh, uh, just an incredible game, wasn't it? Uh, you know, to, it was just a fantastic exercise, the whole thing. Um, I, it would have to be up there. I, I don't have a... I, I can't actually say I remember very fondly uh, the 82 and 86 World Cups generally as being scintillating. I can't quite remember the finals, although Argentina, when they won 3-2 over West Germany, was pretty special. Uh, this, this this morning, though, stands out just because of the people involved. Instead of one Maradona in the 86 final, <laughs> we had two today, Mbappe uh, and Messi. Just quite extraordinary. What do we say about Mbappe? He's 23, he's won a World Cup, he scored 12 goals in two World Cups and a hat-trick in the final. I mean, for 15 years, we've been saying Messi, Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldo. By the time he finishes, he might have them both covered. Yeah, uh, it's just quite quite remarkable. Um, terrorising, actually. Oh, look, I'd postulate, and I, I, this is just in the realm of total speculation, but if they had a different coach, Didier Deschamps, of whom I was a big fan as a player, but I don't necessarily, whilst I respect what he's done with his French team, I don't, I don't think it's become the sum of its parts, really. Even that, they're defending World Cup champions coming into this. You know, the, the amount of talent they've got, um, and they eked out results rather than stormed their way through. Today was a classic case, you know, down 2-0, uh, seemingly gone for all money when they got that first goal. Um, but they were just terrifying, the French team. They were just terrifying as they stormed back, and Mbappe obviously was leading the charge. Um, and it just makes me wonder, you know, if they had a coach with a slightly different mindset on how to unleash this force, Mbappe might even be further down the track. But 24, um, you know, best youngster at the young last World Cup, um, golden boot at this one. He, 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 I don't know. You just have to rewrite everything. He's quite freakish and it's, it's scary. Mate, when he gets going, it's terrifying. So you think Didier Deschamps not quite attacking enough or, or doesn't take yeah, enough yeah. risks with this team? Yeah, yeah. To me, he's just it's a personal view now. And obviously, they've won the World Cup, who am I to say, and they, they made the final. Um, but I just he's a really pragmatic coach. You only have to look at their results in this in this tournament. You know, England outplayed them, couldn't get past them. There was, there was a... Morocco could easily have beaten them, but they... But they base themselves, um, or seemingly, that they've just got someone who can pull something out uh, or a combination that'll happen once in a game to get them out of trouble. Um, and I just think with that sort of talent, I, I, I just feel like the, the world of football is short-changed slightly. 
when you see that that sort of talent playing that pragmatically. It's just a personal view. So if you had uh, if you were picking a team and you had Lionel Messi and Diego Maradona and you had one pick, who are you picking? I'm still going with Maradona. Um, old habits die hard. He, he was yeah. I mean it's, that's a, that's a really unfair question. Given the day we've just had, Jules, but I'll take it and I'll answer it. Maradona still, for me, is the ultimate. What, what does it do? I mean, he's, he's just, if he didn't win this World Cup, his legacy is unbelievable, Lionel Messi. But the fact that he's he's led his team to a World Cup, he's had a really strong World Cup as well. What, what does it do to his overall legacy? Well, it's, it's, it's capped it off. It's, it's validated it ultimately. It's confirmed his place in the pantheon, if that was ever in doubt. It's put that distance, if it was needed, between he and Ronaldo, the other great player of the generation. Um, the way this, this World Cup has unfolded, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch with Ronaldo, has, has created more space between the two again, um, notwithstanding his Herculean career as well. But, but this, was, this was the missing piece for Messi. Um, he's been in five World Cups. He's been a major player in each of them, and it's never come to fruition. Uh, the Brazil World Cup, of course... They made the final, but he was never in, in any of the World Cups that I could see. He was never the Messi of Clubland. This was always the bugbear for for people trying to to, to contextualise Messi, to compare him with Ronaldo, to set him apart. This was always the missing piece. And at the ripe old age that he's hit this one, it's quite clearly his best World Cup performance. Um, and and it just caps everything off. He's done everything that's possible in the game, and few people can say that. He probably wouldn't have that World Cup medal, though, if it wasn't for his goalkeeper, Emmy Martinez, who's been sensational during the tournament. Great save at the end of uh, extra time, yeah. and again, in the penalty shootout, he, he came up big. It's just an amazing performance. You know, he, the, he, the Croatian goalkeeper, um, two or three others really redefined the art of goalkeeping, I think. I mean, he was fantastic today. And you know, just go, going on the day's mess, the, the day's game, um, at 2-0 up, you'll, you'll recall, was it um, um, uh, McAllister? Yeah, McAllister, yep, yep. Yeah, and, and mate, I thought that was a dead set claim for a penalty. Mm. Um, but it seemed to get, no one else seemed to react to it. So I, I, I swiftly got back in my box. But... Um, France dodged a bullet there. It could have been 3-0. That would have done it. Argentina have not defended two goal leads particularly well, as we saw again today. Um, and in the end, they needed uh, Martinez to just be outstanding. I mean, what a presence. What a personality. Uh, and I think that's the description you could put to the whole Argentine team. Is this fairy tale, if it was going to be delivered, it needed... Uh, in perfect concert, all players to chip in and do their part and realise the God whom they were serving. Um, it worked beautifully. It was a magnificent experience. We're speaking to Andy Harper, Channel 10 Paramount Plus football commentator, football expert. Andy, we heard you on the call on Saturday night. I think we all agree, agree what happened at Amy Park on Saturday night was a disgrace. Now that the victory have got their show calls notice, we had a few people ring up today. They're almost a little bit confused as to why there should be some punishment actually for the club when it's just a few individuals that have really let them down. What do you think will be the punishment for Melbourne victory? Oh, it's going to be a combination of things. Again, we're in the in the speculative world here. Um, definitely the club needs to face a sanction because they've had suspended sentences hanging over them for, for Mr. crowd misdemeanours till now. I mean, you just can't, you, you just can't ignore the rules that you've put down. Um, what those rules... Um, 
end up being, we'll, we'll wait eagerly to see. But on, on the point of punishing the whole club for the sake of the few in general, I agree with the tenant. I, I don't think that's right. If, um, you know, what's being floated in the public sphere at the moment, which again is speculation, that Victory are going to have to play at lockouts and empty stadiums or whatever, um, you know, that not only punishes the players who are completely innocent, it also punishes, what, the 98%, 99% of the Victory fan base who sit there, mums, dads with their kids in their gear, paid season tickets. So they shouldn't be punished for this. Um, the team, I reckon, will be docked points. Um, again, that hurts the fans, but I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, but I don't think the whole club should be locked out from watching their team play. Um, different story for the section behind the, the goal, which is obviously the place from which the trouble emanated, and, and that needs some serious work, um, obviously. But, you know, I, I, there's a lot of people who could, do, could have done much better on Saturday night, including the organisation around the policing. I mean... I was staggered, um, as well as everything else, watching this unfold, and there wasn't a police, um, a policeman, to, or a police officer to be seen. And this is a, this is in a, our game where, over the last decade, um, fans have reported routine quote unquote over policing. Um, you know, banging a drum gets you a clip round yep. the ear and your and your drum confiscated. Yet when it goes off on Saturday night, which was horrible and indefensible, and please don't think I'm making any excuses. But when we needed the boys in blue and the girls in blue, um, they didn't enter the field until the field had actually emptied itself. It was quite remarkable. Um, so I, I, you don't want to rake over old coals, but it was a horrible, horrible night. Um, it was a combination of a lot of unfortunate and ugly factors, um, and the game's got a lot of work to do. Where is the A-League right now, Andy? I mean, attendances could be better. Um, we saw what happened on the weekend. Is it... Right. What stage is it at right now? Well, you know, I'm not I'm not part of the doom and gloom merchants. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not part of the chorus that are saying this is the end of the game, end of the league as we know it. I don't buy that. Um, I think the fan base is more resilient. I think the love for the clubs is more resilient than that. Of course, we we would like greater numbers of people, um, uh, but I I believe with the help of everybody um, that, that the game will get through this crisis. Uh, I, look, I, got, I just got the sense it was ready to go through a growth phase, to be honest. Um, yeah, the, the World Cup, obviously, everyone's made comment about that and tried to align it with the potential for the A-League, and I think there's merit in that discussion. Uh, you look at the way Sydney FC, not on the field but off the field, have, have, have bounced back again uh, since they've moved back into the new stadium. Uh, outside of Saturday, you know, Melbourne Victory were, were, were again drawing big crowds. Um, uh, work to do around the place, there's no question. And, and this is my, my theory, which is what's fed into some of the problems that resulted um, in the weekend and the lack of leadership is there's just there are too many clubs in the league and too many ownership groups in the league who are dragging the chain. And, and, and leader, the, the game's leadership needs to put those organisations in the crosshairs and, get them, and start cracking the whip on them. Um, that is what's dragging down the quote-unquote metrics uh, not the game itself. That game on Saturday before the horror unfolded was a pulsating, mm. high-quality, top-level football match. Really, comparable with most things you'd watch. And I even say that with the, the glory of this morning's World Cup final, which was the pinnacle of the game, the best, the best expression of the game that recently we've seen. Unbelievable, Argentina and France. Well, 
the way Melbourne City was starting to go through the gears on Saturday night and after Melbourne victory's, victory's start, this was top-level footy. It was great to watch. But the problem's not on the field necessarily. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've got... I've just, Despite the hammer blow of Saturday, uh, I, I believe deeply in the future of the game here and, and that people will rally around it, uh, will we'll work together to weed out uh, and, and deny the, 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 the criminal element their place in the sun because no one wants it. But it's time to get rid of the flares, isn't it, Andy? The cons of the flares clearly outweigh the pros of flares at football yeah. games in this country. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that was it was like the 4th of July. I, I don't know who's dropped the ball on this. I tend to agree with you, Jules, to start with. Um, and you just got the sense that this was really brewing from kickoff on, 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 on Saturday night. It was like the 4th of July at both ends of the field and fireworks. So I don't know how this stuff gets in when people are checked. That's, that's for the authorities to work out. I suspect you're right. But let me, let, let me just make this point, Jules. When the Socceroos were flying in Qatar and Federation Square and then after that in Sydney, always late to the party in Sydney, um, got their live sites going, the flares were part of the theatre, apparently. There was no negative reporting about, you know, how good's the crowd at, at Federation Square, but if they only got rid of those fans, not that, that those flares, not that I saw it at least. It was all part of the colour and theatre. Um, but inside and when it comes to, to A-League matches, it, it, the, the flares are viewed completely differently. Again, don't take me wrong. I'm on your side. Until they're illegal, legally used by the public, um, then they shouldn't be allowed in football grounds. But we do as we've watched this. And in the last three weeks, our society has very, has very obviously had opposite views on the same issue. Mm. At Federation Square, when the Socceroos were playing and we were winning, they were part of the theatre. Yeah, we all got probably a bit swept up in it, to be honest. Uh, you, you know Tony Popovich well. I mean, how would he be feeling about this? Well, I mean, there's, and there's uncertainty now for, for what the rest of the future holds uh, for the Melbourne victory. Again, this comes down to the sanctions. The players are going to get hit innocent party in this um, if there's a point sanction, and I can't see how they won't be. Now, the first port of call is going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm presuming, uh, a forfeit declared in va- in favour of Melbourne City just on Saturday night. I'm expecting that. Well, time will tell. So that's at least three points that they've had to uh, for- uh, forfeit for which they haven't been able to compete and through no fault of their own. Um, and then I think very possibly there's going to be a points penalty or maybe a suspended uh, points penalty um, which would further punish the players and other innocent party. But that might be something that we'll have to stomach. I'd be really sad for the coach and his staff and the players if and when that comes to pass because, you know, this is innocent people getting punished for the lunacy of, of people who, 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 whose mentality, I think, escapes the understanding of 99.5% of the rest of us. But that's what they've got to deal with. The crowd situation is a different one. Um, I really hope that sanctions on the, the fair-minded, loyal supporters of Melbourne Victory are, are measured, um, are proportionate, and that innocent people in that sense who've paid for season tickets and want to go with their kids uh, and their nieces and nephews and their grandparents and sit together and love this game as a family and as a collection of families, I hope they're not punished. Yeah, we've had some of those callers today. Uh, Andy, once again, uh, thanks for your time. You've been very generous with your time, particularly during this World Cup after some early mornings. It's appreciated. Yeah, thank God it's sleep time. (laughs) That's right. Go back to bed.